Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, Swamp. I've been a fan for a long time and knew you had to hear this. A few weeks ago, my cousin from Alabama disappeared. And yesterday, they found his body. We weren't close, but his brother went missing last year and his parents couldn't handle going through his things. Mom and I flew out there to help and found some crazy stuff on his computer. He posted two audio messages to the park's website, both of which were immediately removed, but the files were still on his laptop. Honestly, I don't know which is more disturbing, but I can tell you one thing. Nate was no actor. I've transcribed everything in hopes you might read it. Thanks for the amazing work you do. Keep it up. Whoa, hold on. Okay, it's working now. <clears throat> Hello, my name is Nate. I'm 26 and I've been a park ranger in Alabama for almost a year. If you're hearing this, I'm either dead or missing. Hopefully, dead. I recorded this message three days ago, but didn't make it back in time to cancel the upload. This is a confession, a warning, and a farewell. Please don't look for me. I was the black sheep in my family. There's no excuse or trauma to blame. My parents were great. My brother, my older brother, Eric, was not a bully. I'm just a lazy klutz, if I'm being honest. And why not? There's no reason to lie. Most people won't believe a word of it anyway. Hell, I, I barely do. It's important you understand I'm not a paranoid loon locked in a basement. My world revolves around logic and facts. I never believed in Santa or thought any sort of monster was under the bed. Not even once. This is so you understand, I'm not exaggerating. I don't scream ghost when a door slams. I don't see things from the corner of my eye. Each denial you're about to have, I have had myself. Each question you're about to ask, I have asked. I'm going to start at the beginning, but even then, it may not be enough. That's okay. You can believe me later. If you ever find yourself lost in the woods, something you learn here just might save your life. It began in April of 21. My drinking was out of control, and I was on thin ice with my boss and girlfriend. It felt like I was past the point of no return, idly waiting for the end. Looking back, it sounds pathetic. I should have stopped drinking. I should have apologized to Jen when it mattered. We would have... Well, shoulda, coulda, woulda, am I right? Let's put aside the lies I told to continue drinking the focus on the key details. As you can see, I'm a straight shooter. I'm not here to mess around, so I'll admit I deserve to get fired. Bartending is a horrible career for a budding alcoholic, and I'm shocked it didn't happen sooner. Unfortunately, drunk Nate couldn't understand that, and he made a scene. Normally, if someone breaks a window and steals a $600 bottle of scotch, police are contacted. When you live in Nowhere, Alabama, parents are called 
and money is exchanged. Unfortunately, it was the last straw for Jen. My stuff was packed and waiting for me when I finally stumbled home. Not that I remember, that's just what I learned upon waking up in my childhood room. These events were what led me to my exceedingly fragile sobriety. If I didn't want to spend life asking, do you want fries with that, I had to work with my brother. No one else would take me. Park Ranger life suited Eric. He was made for the outdoors. Me? Not so much. But it meant a place to live for the summer. They like having staff on site for the busy season. Though people with families are generally displeased with the idea. A few white lies and blatant acts of nepotism later, I was starting my first day on the job. I was exactly 14 days sober when Eric gave me the grand tour. And I do mean grand. We barely covered our territory before quitting time. The whole first week was dedicated to learning my way around. He didn't start easing me into the weird stuff until the second week. And that, my friends, is where the story really begins. Remember, at this point I'm still barely functioning alcoholic, desperately resisting temptation every second. And I didn't play it off well. Eric saw me struggling and did his best to help. He tried to distract me with shop talk. I was expected to know a few basics, and even he was bored. It didn't seem unreasonable to think he would stretch a few details to get my attention. Until then, my lessons consisted of which hikes and berries were dangerous. Now, it was what to do when someone goes missing. Not if, mind you, but when. How often do you think people go missing in a state park? Not lost, but missing, as in never seen again. Because I thought two per year was an extreme guess, but it's insanely naive. Last year, in our park alone, 138 people vanished. It was hard to wrap my head around. That's a massive number. How could so many disappear in one place without being all over the news? Well, a couple things contribute to this, but the answers are far from satisfying. Our statistics are nothing compared to the bigger parks, which would make sense if those places were getting the expected attention, but they're not. Some of their numbers are triple ours, yet there's hardly a word to be found. There's a surprising number of reasons people won't report a disappearance, but those with active warrants or lacking citizenship are the most common. Personally, I prefer jail or deportation, but to each their own. The point is, even if we ignore those, there's more than enough to justify an investigation. You'll learn the rest as we go. I have much to say in precious little time. Eric saw my skepticism and showed me the lost and found cabin. Some of the stuff in there dates to the 1970s. That's 50 years of missing people. Inside, he went to the more recent finds and opened a bin labeled D-Hill 719. It contained reports from the Dillon Hill disappearance. That July, a family of four drove up from Montgomery for a weekend of camping. Their son was nine and the girl was six. They checked in on a Sunday morning and chose the campsite closest to the welcome center. Families always do it because it feels safer. On the third day, Mike Hill rushed into the office, frantic, saying his son disappeared. He and his wife were adamant Dylan vanished. He wasn't abducted, he didn't wander off, he vanished. Sherry was preparing lunch while Mike watched the kids. They were never out of sight until Dylan ducked behind the tree of a particular dense area. Even before his sister caught up, Mike was on his feet. When interviewed, he said it was like the darkness of the thicket that initially bothered him. There were dense patches everywhere, 
but none so dark as where his son had entered. Over the next few weeks, park rangers assisted with search and rescue operations while doing their best to comfort the grieving family, but they knew it was too late. The ones who seem to vanish into thin air are never really found. You probably think that I thought that the parents were responsible and coached their daughter to lie, right? It's technically possible, but the kid was six. I read the transcript from her interviews, and kids aren't that good at lying. Even if one could keep a straight face, they couldn't handle a convoluted story, especially not for several weeks under intense pressure. When asked if she or her brother had met anyone else at the park, she claimed someone with backwards arms and long feet stood outside their tent the night before. Eventually, it was determined that she saw a man, but her imagination invented a monster after losing Dylan. It seemed like a reasonable explanation until I heard similar reports of things from other guests. It's not always a kid, and there aren't always creature sightings, but when there are, it's always the same description. People from all over the globe have described an emaciated animal with long, canine-like feet, no hair, and strangely bent arms or possibly wings, but I'm jumping ahead a little. I don't believe a word about monsters. I thought it was a gag for noobs. My first personal experience was two weeks later when a woman went missing. It was June 5th, and I had just moved into a staff cabin the week before. Being sober was still a challenge, but there were whole hours I didn't think about drinking. Having my own place helped immensely, but Bethany Anderson almost pushed me clear off the wagon. This is what made me understand lives were resting in my hands. If I missed a sign or a clue, I wasn't built for that kind of pressure. My focus should have been on her, but it was on a rabid monkey relentlessly clawing my back. That's also the day I found an AA group. If nothing else, it worked for the fear of returning. Beth and her boyfriend were camping for a long weekend, but they got separated on a hike. Grady claimed they were only apart for just a few minutes, but when he walked back to join her, she was gone. The trail didn't diverge at any point, and everyone she knew agreed that she wasn't the type to wander off. Her partner believed a tall, deformed man took her. There were several times on the first night when they heard rustling nearby. They assumed it was an animal, but each time they tried to discern the source, it stopped, like someone didn't want to be found. That night, Grady crept out of their tent to relieve his bladder and saw a dark shape standing several feet away. It was so thin, he thought it was a tree especially with the awkward angles of the protruding limbs. Then, it bent drastically near the base and leapt into the trees. The man possessed enough sense to not investigate, but when he later relayed the events to Beth, she disregarded it as a dream. After enjoying a normal morning, she convinced Grady to go to that fateful hike. He hadn't meant to walk ahead. She was next to him moments before, and thinking she stopped for a photo, he turned back right away. Unfortunately, it was already too late. Obviously, the police thought this entire story was fabricated. If there was any way he could have known about those other cases, I'd think the same. But these people were from Florida. They weren't locals who happened to know a few stories, and they damn sure didn't hear this on the news. It was a miserable two-week search before search and rescue left and four more before the Anderson family flew home. I'll never forget the sound of the mother's wails. I heard it in my sleep, and not in a metaphorical way, 
Her cabin was close enough to literally hear it. That's when I got serious about my training. Maybe there was nothing I could have done, but if there was a chance to help prevent the next one or even help it, then yeah, I was ready to get off my ass. Cue the training montage. I worked harder than I ever had in my Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. My whole miserable life. The funny part is, that's what got me past the worst drinking urges. I don't think the cravings will ever fully stop, but I experienced entire days without temptation. By August, I felt like a real park ranger. I was trusted to work without supervision, and my coworkers no longer saw me as Eric's screwed up little brother. I was part of the team. Life was too good. I should have known disaster was coming. On Friday, August 13th, everything went to crap. I think the date was coincidental considering how often it happens, but you never know. It was my last two weeks living at the park, and if I didn't find an apartment soon, I'd be back with my parents, which is obviously not ideal. There's a kitchen in the welcome center where we have lunch, and that day I ate with Eric and Terry. She's a lifer and could fill a book with all the strange stuff she's seen. The main reason I didn't have an apartment yet was laziness. The research alone is a long, tedious process. I avoided it by asking if anyone knew a good place to rent, and surprisingly, Terry did. It was a small house only ten minutes away, but the landlord was leaving town the next morning and wouldn't return for three weeks. Instead of living with my parents for a week like a reasonable person, I was an impatient pea brain. The world would end if I didn't immediately go get those keys, and as usual, Eric went out of his way to help. He was scheduled in the welcome center with Terry, but she agreed to cover for him. When we finished the last task, I was an hour ahead of schedule, but before I could feel too relieved, our radios crackled to life. There were multiple reports of a bear near Campsite C. They wanted us to go investigate, and if that was my worst delay, everything would have been fine. We drove to the location, figuring the animal was long gone, but couldn't risk tourists crowding one for a selfie. After scanning the area, we left the trail and advanced slowly. We only needed to ensure it wasn't loafing nearby. It made sense to spread out, but there was no more than 15 to 20 feet between us. Plus, I glanced over often to match his pace, and it was never difficult to see him. Not until he vanished, that is. I still don't understand how it happened. How can you be there one second, and then completely gone the next? I called his name but there was no answer. Bear forgotten, I walked to the last place I saw my brother. I had always felt safe at work, like rangers were off limits to the misfortunes that fall upon our guests. We're only here to restore order afterwards. A maintenance crew, if you will. But when my eyes fell upon the void left by Eric's absence, that illusion crumbled. It was foolish not to radio for backup. I ran blindly into the forest without caution nor care. It was a wonder I didn't disappear as well but I went like my only hope was to find him immediately before a report solidified the event was real. Deeper and deeper, I barreled through the woods, ripping my clothes and scraping my arms in the process. I mistook my shock for reason and continued screaming for my brother. 
I'm not sure how long it took to reach the clearing when the strange snowman rock, but seeing it was like waking from a trance. I had no clue where I was. The full weight of my situation sank in, and my stomach lurched painfully. Eric was likely dead, our ATV was abandoned at Camp C, and I would return alone, beaten and without an explanation for anything. Even if other rangers believed me, I've seen firsthand how badly the police need closed cases. That's when I learned the radio was dead and my phone was in the ATV. When something genuinely terrifying happens, the resulting fear is so intense that the possibility it could grow worse is unimaginable. It can always be worse. That much, I guarantee. Wandering aimlessly is the worst thing you can do when lost. Unfortunately, it's hard to stay put when your world is ending. I tried retracing my steps, but nothing looked familiar. Eventually, I rounded a curve to see my path blocked by what I thought to be another strange rock formation. It was big, and trees grew around it to form an almost hidden alcove. Had I approached from a different angle, it would have been invisible to me. There was almost a hypnotic quality. It reminded me of something, but I couldn't quite place what. I was so consumed with identifying this foreign yet familiar shape, I didn't realize my feet were taking me closer. My knees went weak as I saw only part of the formation was rock. The rest was flesh. The realization only came as its top half suddenly stood to its full, breathtaking height. Before it was merely crouching behind the boulder, now it was staring into the depths of my very soul. I could feel it inside of me. My limited reserve of composure evaporated as I fled into the forest once again. The urge to look back was intense, but I resisted. With a loud, guttural roar came the clear sound of flapping wings. The image of that thing soaring above was enough to keep me going well beyond my normal limit. I didn't notice the familiar surroundings until I emerged onto a trail near E-Camp. I was quickly spotted by a fellow ranger who informed me it was almost 7pm. That's when I noticed how low the sun had sunk and how close I was to being lost out there in the dark. Eric was still missing, obviously, and our search efforts were already underway. I was forced to recount my story to the police before speaking with friends. Despite what they suspected, the evidence was only circumstantial, and I was asked to not leave town. Mr. Chavez, my boss, believed me and was kind enough to let me keep the cabin while I waited for the other place. My parents were an absolute wreck and allowed a cabin while the search continued. Everyone put in an extra show of effort just for them. Watching mom suffer is the hardest part of this madness. If she loses me too, I can't think about that. None of this concerns them anyway. The parts you, whoever you are, need to know happened after I finally made it home that night. Well, Saturday morning, technically. The unexpected knock at my door was timid but frightening. It froze me in place while I imagined that creature waiting on the other side. Had Terry not called out, I would have not moved. It had started to rain, and flashes of lightning hit the sky. I invited her in and fetched a clean shovel. She dried off while the coffee brewed, and we talked for hours as the storm raged outside. Not only did I recount my story, but she told me much more about the disappearances than Eric had. I'm not sure if he had known or not. It's possible he didn't want to scare me more than necessary. Maybe it's a testament to the selfishness that I only cared about research when it concerned my own brother. But it never occurred to me before that moment. 
Terry showed me more subreddits, YouTube channels, and podcasts than I could count. She explained something people referred to as the missing 411. I'm going to do my best to pass knowledge on to you, though there's not enough time to read every piece of evidence I've uncovered over the last several months. The best I can do is point you in the right direction, but hopefully anyone who hears this will decide to stay the hell away. If one types in missing 411 into Google, a plethora of films and documentaries appear. A cursory glance leads one to believe these are fictional horror stories. If you skim a few articles, it starts sounding like some grand-scale human trafficking ring. But if you're willing to take a deep dive, you'll see something much more sinister rises to the surface. To put it simply, monsters, or as some prefer cryptids, are real. If you can't accept that basic fact by now, there's no point in you even listening to any of this. You can't look at the missing 411 as a whole. That's a rookie mistake, full of false leads and deadly misconceptions. Yes, as records of the missing are gathered from across the globe, there are many commonalities, but this is not a singular monster or mystery with a singular answer. It's a collection of thousands, probably millions. Every case must be considered individually to determine what's at fault. It is common for large forests and mountain ranges to house multiple creatures. Whether this is a skimwalker, a wendigo, a dogman, or as in this case, a vetti, it's vital to prepare for the right creature. Please understand, those are just a few examples. It would be impossible to list all the known cryptids. That's why the best course of action is to avoid them completely. Damn, I'm almost out of time. I must tell you about the vetti before it's too late. Terry and the other lifers were only able to identify it two years ago when she found one of the missing. She was alone in a remote area of the park when it happened. Some kids left their trash behind and a chip bag was tangled in a bush just off trail. When she retrieved it, she noticed candy wrappers a little further in, so she got that too. Then she saw a water bottle, and it wasn't until the following soda can that she realized how far away the litter had taken her. Realizing her mistake, she turned back to see Jason Fuller, a ranger who disappeared six years prior, blocking her path. He was injured and filthy, yet not a day older. Terry struggled to avoid the word zombie, but that's exactly what it sounded like until she relayed their brief conversation. He claimed to have escaped captivity and was trying to convince her to return with him so they might help the other hostages. Terry said pure malice exuded from him in waves. Too frightened to refuse, she asked him to lead the way. The thing wearing Jason's skin gave a sick, evil grin and walked past her. She held her breath as this thing's rotting stench wafted in her face, and the moment his back had turned, she fled. The sound she describes coming from him was eerily reminiscent of what I had heard hours before. She was barely able to make it to her ATV before he was on her heels. She reported the incident at base camp, and the old-timers filled her in, just like she did for me, except she had provided a missing link in their information. Knowing what hunts, you can be the difference in life and death. That night, 27 men went into the forest. Only 16 returned. But Terry was told she wouldn't see Jason again. There are hundreds of cryptids with information available, but we got stuck with a rare one. Most monsters are born as what they are, but Vetti are created. They begin as humans, when someone suffers unimaginable anguish, the type bred from years of brutal torture or a life of enslavement, they become consumed with fury and hatred. When they are finally granted the sweet release of death, their souls are doomed to wander the earth as vengeful spirits. 
They know nothing but the desire to share their endless pain with others. And that pain is like catnip to harpies. So harpies are real, but I don't have time to make this a double creature feature. You can research those for yourself. Information on what the harpies do after locating the spirit is vague, but whatever it merges with or transforms to, the result is a vetti. These things exist purely to cause misery. They should be avoided at all cost. Destroying one is extremely difficult, but bearing a few exceptions, they normally hunt alone. Their bloodlust isn't the most dangerous aspect of these creatures. They can do much worse than kill. No one is sure of the commonality between victims, but on rare occasions, such as with Jason Fuller, the corpses are possessed. I know my brother is dead. That's why I keep studying and searching. I need to confirm Eric's body isn't being used, and to put whatever I do find out of its misery. If I die in the process, so be it. But I'm taking that thing with me. If I can take it down with hollow points, I'll let fire take care of the rest. I have a shovel, two cans of gasoline, plenty of ammunition, and a few blades for good measure. If I don't make it back, I'm sorry. I wish I had been a better son and brother. Posted one hour later. Sorry to worry anyone who heard that unusual message before. I was rehearsing for a play. Everything is fantastic here. Please come for a visit and let me show you around our beautiful park. Remember, ask for Nate. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.